Yesterday was again an interesting day where the economic data didn't necessarily trigger the expected reaction across the financial markets. Because look, European equities gained and the euro fell despite a record core inflation in the eurozone, while the US equities ended the session in the green, and that was despite low growth and higher than expected inflation figures in the US. So join my broad brainstorming at Swissco's daily market talk. So we had a wobbling trading session yesterday. The US stocks actually opened higher, gave back those early gains to hit a fresh month low for the S&P 500, then rebounded to close the session in the positive again. As such, the S&P 500 tipped a toe below the 50-day moving average yesterday, which stands near 39.80 level, then rebounded to close the session around 0.50% higher, and that was above the 4,000 psychological mark. NASDAQ 100 index, on the other hand, saw support into the 12,000 psychological mark at yesterday's trading session and gained almost 1% into the session close. A 14% jump in Nvidia shares certainly helped improve the overall market mood, whereas, well, the US economic data released yesterday was mixed and really was not supposed to pour water on the equity bears or improve sentiment regarding the Federal Reserve hawks because the latest G GDP update from the US revealed actually that the US economy expanded 2.7% in the fourth quarter last year instead of 2.9% penciled in by analysts. So that's obviously good. A softer economic growth in the US is normally good for easing inflation and or softening the Federal Reserve's hands. But no. You know why? Because the GDP price index, which is another gauge of inflation in the US and which was released along with the latest GDP update yesterday, showed that inflation in the fourth quarter is, but is much less than expected. And that was a perfect reflection of the CPI and PPI data released last week. Soft but not soft enough. And the real consumer spending grew less than previously, however, and Chicago Activity Index turned positive compared to a month ago. A lot of economic data to process, so the market had to pick a side and investors preferred picking the bullish direction yesterday as a sign that the bulls are not totally gone just yet. However, the latest survey from American Association of Individual Traders showed that the bull bear spread fell to around minus 17, which is the lowest level since the start of this year. It would appear that the big buyers are still on the playground defying the Federal Reserve instead of the small traders. But why? Because the cocktail of slower than expected growth and higher than expected inflation is actually the worst possible outcome. And we could even see the latter reflected in the corporate earnings because the S&P 500 companies now all reported their fourth quarter results and earnings fell by 1% in the latest quarter. Now, at the first glance, this is not a good number per se, but these earnings are actually compared to the blockbuster post-pandemic numbers and despite a fall of 1%, well, they actually remain high. The profits remain high. And the question is how far they will fall because they will fall. But that we don't know yet because it will depend on several factors and that including how aggressive, for example, the Federal Reserve will continue tightening its monetary policy faced with inflation and how aggressive the Fed will continue tightening its monetary policy will depend on 
house ticket inflation is. So we have one more important data point to watch before this week ends, and that's the U.S. PCE index, the Fed's favorite gauge of inflation. Now, obviously, given the previous inflation data, we know that inflation in the US has certainly eased, but not as much as expected. So if there is not a big, big surprise from the PCE data today, there should be no bloody market reaction. And well, the S&P 500 could actually close this week above its 50-day moving average, and Nasdaq above its major 38.2% Fibonacci retrace level, which stands just around the 12,037 level and which should help keeping the Nasdaq index within the bullish trend. Now, there is one more thing that probably helps equities hold their ground this week, and that's the easing U.S. yields. And I believe that the U.S. yields have been easing this week uh, since a couple of days now due to the rising geopolitical tensions between the U.S. and China. After China screamed this week, loud and clear their support to Russia. And while these rising geopolitical tensions certainly increase the safe haven flows to the U.S. Treasuries, and that obviously interferes with the hawkish Federal Reserve pricing, because as such, the U.S. 2- and 10-year yields are now softer compared to a peak that we saw earlier this week. And while normally high geopolitical tensions are not good for stocks, but hey, nothing out there is necessarily good for stocks right now, but the rally, the equity rally, remains particularly resilient to all challenges. And the latter is true for the European indices as well, because the news from yesterday in Europe were far from ideal, but the buyer's optimism was stronger than ever, because European stocks gained yesterday and the euro fell. And that was even though the latest inflation data from the eurozone actually revealed that the core inflation in the eurozone advanced to a record high last month. And the rising inflation is normally a boost for the European Central Bank hawks, right? Because they should increase the bets that the European Central Bank will raise the interest rates more forcefully. And the latter should normally weigh on equity valuations and support the euro. But no. Not this time. The contrary is actually happening because I think that the major driving force of the financial markets altogether is the Fed and the US dollar. So the euro dollar fell as low as 105.77 yesterday, while the European stocks were upbeat. The DAX index, for example, is now at the pre-Ukrainian war levels, whereas the latest data is less than encouraging for the German economy. Because look, Look at the export numbers. The European exports are recovering to the pre-pandemic levels. But, 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 the German exports are clearly, clearly lagging behind the Eurozone's average. Because Spain and Italy are actually doing much, 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 much better than their German friends. And that's not usual, obviously. And why? Because the energy crisis has certainly taken a toll on the German manufacturing. Whereas, while the post-pandemic reopening is good and beneficial, to Spanish and Italian tourism. So the headline numbers are strong for the European exports, but the underlying data warns that growth in the Eurozone is perhaps vulnerable because Germany is normally the growth engine of the Eurozone. And while sticky inflation and pitiless ECB are obviously risks to the actual European equity rally. Just saying.
Now, of course, high inflation doesn't necessarily mean higher interest rates for everyone and everywhere in the world. The data, for example, released this morning in Japan show that inflation in Japan rose to 4.3% level. That's a 41-year high. And, well, that gave a rapid boost to the yen this morning, sending the dollar-yen down to the 134 mark. But... We know that the Bank of Japan, under the leadership of its new head, Mr. Ueda, is not really concerned about the rising inflation. They actually prefer keeping the interest rates below zero in Japan, and that should continue playing in favor of the dollar-yen bulls when the Federal Reserve members continue showing the world how serious they are in taming inflation in the U.S. And while likewise, the Central Bank of Turkey again lowered its one-week repo rate to 85 percent yesterday versus inflation pointing at around 60 percent and which will certainly get a boost a decent boost from the latest earthquake as turks will have to rebuild around 10 cities and quite from scratch in the coming year and that obviously means a significant jump in material and construction activity but hey well the turkish central bank said yesterday that further easing in rates is now less likely and well it doesn't matter anyway because in all cases the turkish lira will continue losing its value against us dollar slowly if the central bank continues giving support and well more aggressively if that support is loss and when i look at the turkish stocks on the other hand uh, they recover from the earthquake sell-off as construction stocks actually take a breather uh, following a jaw-dropping rally that we saw oyak cemento for example which is a cement company as its name suggests while gained more than 140 percent since the beginning of february now of course prospects of higher inflation in turkey should keep the buying pressure intact in the turkish stocks because well there is not much alternative for hedging against inflation even less so as the turkish dollar is now pegged to the us dollar but it's sure a risky bet and even more so as rising criticism for erdogan and his government guarantees a hectic election year after the earthquake if elections happen at all so this is all for this week i'm ipekos kardeshkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive messages i hope this episode of market talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you so please do not hesitate to leave your comments your reactions and your questions below as usual and follow us on instagram on twitter and on linkedin for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again next week and until then good day trading and have a lovely weekend